Welcome to Cloudlandia, Mr. Sullivan. Ah, uh, Mr. Jackson, it's, it's been just a few days, but it seems like ages. It seems like ages. Digital ages. I think uh, there's probably a big difference between main, mainland ages and digital ages. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. Mainland speed of reality. That's the truth. But it was good to, uh, I had a great workshop. That was an era, a connection. What do we call it? A free the connection. connection. Yeah. yeah. Very good. What'd you get out of it? I mean, um, uh, yeah. Contextually, contextually, what did you get out of it? Yeah, contextually, I mean, the, that, the triple play idea of taking connections between three things and doing that three times, three levels is get a lot of insight out of that. And I was half joking about the, you know, the things that, you know, realizing the true assets, because I've really been thinking about the VCR formula and how in my own life and opportunity, and I looked at, you know, the realization in my uh, <laughs> listing my assets is having access to me for free. <laughs> that uh, I quoted, I I had, so I'm just trying to think. I think our call was on, when was the, I'm trying, I had five events. I had five Zoom events mm-hmm. since Three Monday. Weeks. So I'm trying, Yeah. Wednesday, was it Wednesday or was it, you know, I don't know. I'm just trying to think. I think I it might have been Monday, actually. Monday or Tuesday. Monday we did ours. Was, yeah, Monday was ours, I think. Yeah, yeah. Monday. Yeah, and then on Tuesday, I had a 10 times connector for all the 10 times. And I quoted you, and it has a great impact. And I said, you know, and I added a little bit to it because your quotation, and correct me if I'm not getting that, is that you realize that you're the only person on the world that gets Dean Jackson's unique ability for free. That's right. That's what I looked at. One of my greatest assets is access to Dean Jackson for free. Now, the question is, are you getting anything valuable? So that's the question <laughs> I ask to people. Are you getting anything special? Is there enough there that is, is worth putting an emphasis on this? Yeah. Well, that struck me as, you know, that that really conjoined with the the Jordan Peterson thought that of, you know, treat yourself like someone you're responsible for helping. And that's a pretty yeah. interesting. <laughs> oh, that that's a, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's one a, of his great rules, you know, treat yourself yeah. like someone you're responsible for helping. And I think that in our, I think one of the things I've done in, you know, adopting thinking time, you know, as I'm sitting in my journal and things is doing that is really having conversations with myself and nothing. Yeah. You know, you're the thinking tools that we go through in workshops, you know, are really the catalysts for a lot of those conversations. Because you can have been dialogue with yourself to think things through, and to, it's amazing the kind of advice you can give yourself. You know, I've often channeled other uh, other yeah. people as well, knowing what you. Well, the, know th- the thing is that you know the more that, and I don't know if I mentioned this on the Monday workshop that you were in, 
But what I notice as people go from level one to level two to level three, going out in the triple play. And for those who are, you know, not entirely familiar with what we're talking about, this is strategic coach has like 33 years of creating thinking tools for entrepreneurs, you know, talented, successful, ambitious entrepreneurs who want to increase their freedom in the future of time, money, relationship, and purpose. So very specific type of person is in strategic coach. And But the big thing I noticed, Dean, just from my own thinking, because I always role model the exercise we're going to do, so I just show you what I did. But there's there's direction there's growth growth arrows in two directions. One is that you become more use Jordan Peterson's word, you become more responsible for uh-huh. helping yourself, for helping yourself just be in your unique ability. Yeah. And what that allows you to do is to increasingly collaborate with other people who are doing the same thing. That's true. And seeing where all those intersections are. So there's a simplifier on the one hand, but a multi- every time you simplify into your unique, more and more into your unique ability, the more you can multiply through collaboration with other people's unique ability. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's where I think having that awareness of those, having a true like assessment of your, you know, your skills, your access to things, your opportunities, that really makes the collaboration easy. That's what yeah. I've really been fascinated with the VCR is thinking of people having an awareness of what your vision, capability, and reach yeah. assets are so that you yeah. can, you know, have a great conversation about it with someone. Yeah, I came across, and I think it relates to what we're talking here. It's a quote by Walter Pate, great a Chicago Football. Bear, <laughs> running back, Hall of Fame. And he said, when you're good, you tell everybody about it. When you're great, they tell you. That's true. But I just did an addenda on his thing. If you want to be great, at least start by already being good. (laughs) Yeah. That goes a long way. It goes a long yeah. way. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I want to be a great baseball player. Yeah, but there, there's no starting point for that road to greatness. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's going to be some... Uh, yeah. No, I mean, people have all sorts of aspirations to be a great, great this and great this. But yeah. there isn't a unique there isn't a unique ability there to start things with. You know, I mean, I was you just, just going to say that's why it's so valuable there's to no, really have yeah. this sense of your unique ability. And yeah, I, I think yeah, that's I mean, so why uh, such a foundational thing. You know, when you start out, the whole foundation of strategic coach is understanding very early, getting a picture of what your unique ability is, so yeah. that you know what you're building on. Yeah. It's a bit like yogurt. If you want a a great, you know, a great bunch of a great amount of yogurt, you got to start with some, a small amount of yogurt. You know, if you, you want more, (laughs) way more, if you want way more sourdough, you got to start with a little bit of sourdough. Isn't that Uh, funny? That's the truth. I've, 
you know, because I, I, you've heard me talk about the the scale ready algorithm. That's why all yeah. the things that we figure out in marketing, if you're going to convince a million people to do something, you got to be able to convince a hundred people to do something. You know, that's really the. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's a very interesting point. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's like why you know people who are entrepreneurial, you know, who live someplace else in the world, tend to pay a, ten, a great deal of attention what's going on in the country that really favors and encourages entrepreneurism. In other words, they what I know is one of the attractions of our our virtual program strategic coach program is uh-huh. that people in Pakistan and India who are very aspiring entrepreneurs know that one big connection they have to have you know they have to have with to grow as entrepreneurs they have to constantly increase their you know their connection with the United States because the United States I mean read it in the constitution it's uh-huh. designed there to protect individual initiative from government interference which happens everywhere else in the world i mean yeah everywhere else in the world and including you know canada government interferes with your entrepreneurial aspirations yeah it's a a friend i was talking with a friend in canada yesterday and he was telling me about these new the new push for the digital IDs and the 15-minute cities. And I thought, wow, I didn't heard for somehow reason I hadn't heard about all these things. Have you heard about this? Well, uh, y- yeah, you know what it is. Yeah. It's it's to kill cars and then yeah. kill fossil fuels and then kill fossil fuels. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, everything that this government does is designed to eliminate fossil fuels on the planet. I mean, they don't have a policy that when you dig deeper, it's about we have to get rid of all fossil fuels. Canada, one of the great fossil fuel energy companies in the world. And the reason is that all the people who are really involved in the fossil fuel industry in Canada don't vote liberal. Right. Boy, I mean, that's just so... uh... Yeah, and... You know, I said, that, you know, the 15-minute city, why not the instant global city? <laughs> right. So what's the difference? What's this? What's the basic concept of the 15-minute city? Glenn was kind of sharing with me that it's, the idea is that you everything you need is within 15 minutes, and you shouldn't need to leave your 15-minute zone. Well, that's and right. That's or right. district or whatever. Yeah. Well, you already have that in celebration, you know. Yeah, uh, right. The furthest you have to walk to get anything in celebration is to order it on your patio or order it in your kitchen. Yeah, that's true. You might have to get up and walk <laughs> yeah, no, around. I, I, but... I'm living, and that's funny because I do. It is like a 15, <laughs> 15 I've always talked about the 15-mile zone. That's where we live kind of thing. But, yeah. but he was talking about you getting, like with the digital ID and stuff, tracking your movements and you're allowed to leave a hundred times a year. And after the hundred times you're taxed or you pay extra for your tax, carbon tax. So what that means is that oh. you, uh, 
you have to be wearing an attachment or have something yeah. inserted on you so they can track you. No, see, it always comes back to totalitarian control. You know, I mean. Oh, man, uh, yeah. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, speaking of totalitarian control, I must have said the word totalitarian and Siri really perked up here. Perked up, yeah. Yeah, yeah she, boy, oh, totalitarian, you know. Oh, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> so, yeah, so, <laughs> you know, that's, yeah, she, you know, say the word totalitarian, boy, oh, boy, the, all the dogs are barking up the tree, you know. <laughs> I just thought, man, that's but that just sounded so far fetched. Like we're that's you know we're one step from the mark of the beast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like. well, it's it's really interesting. Technology itself seems to start off with giving people greater freedom, but it actually heads more and more toward a central platform having totalitarian control over everybody who's using the technology. I'm not saying that, I'm saying that's not preventable, but I'm saying is that's the intention of the people. You know, they start off as entrepreneurs. Mark Zuckerberg starts off as an entrepreneur, but now he's a totalitarian plutocrat, okay? Bill Uh Gates is a totalitarian plutocrat. The guys at Google are totalitarian plutocrats. And the only one who kind of isn't is Elon Musk, okay? Uh You know, and the reason is that Elon Musk likes creating new things. None of them are creating, none of them are creating new things like the, you know, Facebook and, you know, and Google and all the other types. They're not creating new things. They're purchasing and buying new things that other people have created. They're so far past their creative time, you know, that they don't even remember it, you know. And so all technology has the tendency, if you're not conscious about what's happening, to become more and more totalitarian. And that's why the big guys love governments that are totalitarian because you can sell them all sorts of new tools for controlling people, you know, and, oh. and uh, preventing their freedom. Their uh-huh. unpredictable freedom. Their unpredictable freedom. Yeah. This, I mean, wow. There, I've said it. You said it. Just, pay no attention, Siri. You're on a watch list now, Dan. Something probably. <laughs> <laughs> I had a... Yeah. Even on my watch. Even yeah. on my watch, I'm on the watch list. <laughs> I had a fascinating chat GPT experience this week. Just yesterday, actually. I was just playing around. And one of the things that we've done for years for the realtors, we have a monthly postcard subscription that we do called the World's Most Interesting Postcard. And on one side of the card, are, you know, 14 to 16, just interesting facts, fun things. It's all a nice, you know, it's done in a bright yellow postcard with Einstein on the front of it with a banner. So the world's most interesting postcard. And then on the back side of the postcard, we have a, a, what looks like a post-it note graphic with a note that we use to send referral messages to, to their top 150 people so that they kind of notice conversations about real estate 
think about them and introduce them to the people they have those conversations with. It's been a very popular thing. We've got, you know, there's thousands of, of people who are sending out these, these postcards every month. And we've done it now for 12 years. And I have a writer who would write these, you know, research and write these things. And I think we paid like $150 per episode, we call it, or issue of the postcard. So I was thinking, I'm sorry, I do a lot more work with financial advisors, and it's very yeah, similar. Yeah, that's kind of like, you know, that at present prices over the next 12 months, that's like, you know, how many per year would you do? Oh, yeah, no, I mean, those are, we do 12, so there's 12 issues per oh, year. 12 times 12, so it's yeah. 144 144 times $150. That's pretty. That's a pretty good deal. Yeah, and so when you look at this, the we do. I went to Chat GPT, and I've been thinking about. It'd be nice to have like a money focused card for financial advisors, just with like interesting facts about money and the history of money and all those kind of things. So I just said to Chat GPT, opened a new chat. I said, right six interesting facts about money. And it just went, bing, 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 six interesting facts about money, all very well done, just a sentence or two and interesting. And I said, these are great, write 10 more like this. And it replied, certainly, here are 10 more interesting facts about money. And it just went on, listed 10 more. And then I said, very nice. How many of these do you think you could write? And it replied, as an AI language model, I can generate an almost unlimited number of interesting facts about money. The exact number depends on the time and effort you'd like me to put in. However, I'm always yeah. happy to share more facts as long as you find them interesting and useful. Yeah. And I just thought to myself, like, literally, Dan, in less than 60 seconds, it created what would be the equivalent of one issue of the postcard, you know? With no and a you know an enthusiastic, unending capacity to create them. Yeah, and this is really like that is something. Yeah, the so I've got a uh, I've got a an opposite dimension from what you've just done, and it's more something that I've noticed than something that I've really measured and scored. One is that over about the month, last month, I send very coach tools as communication inside Strategic Coach. Mm -hmm. Fast filter, fast filter would be a really big one. Certainty, uncertainty would be another one. And for the first time, I sent a triple play, you know, the three times three triple play, explaining a whole transformation, I think, that we can make to the four live, the live enrollment presentations that I get by Zoom, to our Zoom, how much, how we could improve it, how we could prepare for it better, and everything else. And in every case, the team members who got it and said, "Your writing has gotten a lot better. You're a lot clearer." And and it's a way that I it's kind of a way that I respond oftentimes to new technological capabilities. Mm-hmm. So I'm noticing now when I'm writing, I've got so much personal interest and so much personal knowledge 
in the yeah. thing that I'm doing that there's no possibility it could have been written by chat GPT. Right. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so a friend of mine, a longtime friend who I go back and forth with just interesting things economic, I was showing him, I sent him a note and it was a note and it had to do with a video I saw of Klaus Schwab, the supreme ruler, the, you know, the grand poobah of the World Economic Forum. And if Mm. you close your eyes, you're you know, it reminds you of something that happened to the, in the 1930s in Germany. And he was talking <laughs> and he was talking these next 10 years, the entire universe, our entire universe is going to change completely. This fourth generation of technology are going to make everybody who masters it. It will make us all, I mean, it will make everybody who's, who it masters this, the master of the universe, you know? And, uh, yeah, and so I sent the note to my friend and I said, you know, Ober, if you're a Schwab, you know, I don't think he was clear enough, you know? There's something about what he just said on this video that's not clear enough. So I sent the video as an attachment. And then I said, I think he needs a wardrobe change. I think he needs a wardrobe, you know, just a tight adjustment of his wardrobe. I think his Mm. meaning would become more clear. And there are these great cartoons that are called Hugo Boss 1934 collection. Hugo Boss, Boss, the, you know, the fashion designer and manufacturer, they created all those really snappy SS uniforms, you know, the black uniforms. I mean, Say everything bad you want, bad about the you know the German regime in the 30s and 40s, but no question about it. They may have been evil, but by my golly, they were well dressed evil people. <laughs> huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, right off the bat, when they got to hell, they were. <laughs> You know, they they went right to the top of the best dress list. The the best dress list in hell, you know. Anyway, so I I sent that and I, you know, I said, uh, you know, something retro, you know, something maybe in classic black from the 30s, you know, Mm -hmm. did that. And then the other thing is, and I said, you know, he kind of reminds me something. He reminds me of something. I think I've seen it in a movie somewhere. And it's Peter Sellers, I think it was Peter Sellers. And it's Peter Sellers' great scene from Dr. Strangelove, you know, where he talks if we have a worldwide nuclear holocaust that, yeah, yeah, only 10% of us will survive. I mean, we'll be 500 feet underground, but we'll be in control. And, you know, and and there should be a requirement that it's the 10%, it's 10 women for every man. <laughs> you know? Oh, my you goodness. Know? And George C. Scott, you know, what's, what was his name in the movie, Dr. Or General? Yeah, I, don't, I forget the name. He says, I don't remember. Yeah. You know, he, I think he's got a point here. I think he's got, you can't trust the Russians. You can't, yeah. and everything yeah. like that. So I just put the three of them, the package, the, you know, the, uh, the Peter Sellers thing and, you know, the Hugo Boss. Right, right, right. Well, first yeah, of all, the, yeah, and the Klaus Schwab thing, and I put it together. And 
he said, well, who cares what these people say? They're just blabbing on and everything like that. And he says, you know, none of these people knew anything about marketplace forces. And he says, you know, you know, they can yeah. say all they want about what they're intending to do, but marketplace forces, <clears throat> you know, they kind of emerge unpredictably and they, you know, they do what they do and you can't predict, you know, how life is going to change 10 years from now, which I right. totally agree with. I totally agree right. with. And then, then he says, and this is what ChatGPT says about Klaus Schwab, you know, and it's two paragraphs and it's straight out of Wikipedia, you know, you can tell it's straight right. out Because yeah. uh, it was just an information request, you know, and yeah. so t- 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 tell us what's known. And you know that the thing in Wikipedia was probably written by someone on Klaus Schwab's staff. Of course, it just says great things about him and everything everything like that. So I sent my friend back and I said, thank you for your note. I I totally agree with the part of your note that was written by a human. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's because it was personal. And, uh, you know, he came alive in the first two paragraphs and totally disappeared in the last two paragraphs. That's interesting. I think, you know, I always remind, I say to people, there was a great book by Jerry Spence, the great uh, attorney, called yeah. How to Argue and Win Every Time. And he talks about our ability that we have these, what he calls psychic tentacles that are out and grasping and testing the messenger for truth. And it can, our psychic tentacles can detect what he calls the thin clank of the counterfeit. And that is, you know, exactly what you just described. You can tell the, you know, the soulless nature of of AI stuff. I mean, something that's... Well, you know, uh, but I want to go back to your example. I think it's a totally appropriate and fitting use of the technology. Yeah, that's what I've been thinking. Because you're not trying to establish, I mean, you're establishing a relationship if they're interested in your postcard, then a relationship (laughs) will be formed. But it's, (laughs) you know, it's completely innocent. It's completely innocent content, you know. And it's just, that's uh, exactly what it is, content. It's digging. It's not context. Yeah. yeah. I've been calling them uh, the difference. What I think for years talks about the difference between there are books that are what I call book reports, where they've learned something and they're regurgitating something that they've learned. And there are books that are written by people who are presenting field reports of things that they've experienced and developed of their own insights that have come. And that is there's a big difference between yeah, the two. That's, and a I great, think, that's a great distinction. And I think that's where we're, that's where chat. And then there's, the there's part. another one, which is frontier field reports where you're right. venturing. Well, you're, yeah. You're venturing into new, into a new territory. Yeah. Where you're predicting or you're making, you know, you're forging hypotheses and ex- setting up experiments to go out and, develop something new you know that's yeah. always much more exciting to me yeah. than the rote, it's, uh, uh, you know, knowledge or something yeah but it's you know and there there's been some neat you know predictable human things that i've read on the internet first of all 
two hackers bypassed Sauce Bing because it's the first search engine to actually yeah. embed it. Right. Did you read about did you read about that? Just the periphery. So I'm anxious to hear. Yeah, but what they could happen. do, they could just bypass the you know, the prohibitions that are in that are in, in the yeah, chat GPT. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And you know, ask all sorts of artfully and skillfully salacious things about you know about things. And apparently one person got this article that obviously wasn't published on Bing, got got this somewhere, one of the other platforms, and but submitted it as material to ChatGTP and said, can you comment on what this article is saying? And the report that came back is said, first of all, I think that you have, by doing this, you have an adversarial relationship with me as a chatbot and the chatbot program. And I want to tell you, I'm really hurt. And it's so bad what you just did that I'm cutting off further, all further communication with you. And that's the answer he got back. Okay. Wow. Yeah. It's wild, isn't it? Like I, I've heard different. Uh, I mean, I mean, the thing is that I tell you, you let a new thing loose among humans. It's, it's up for grabs. What kind of use is going to come out of this? I yeah, I wonder. You know, this is really yeah. Just I think some. Of, uh, it's also that sort of article, and that is up for hoaxing. You know, it could be a hoax. You know, it could be. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're they're just punking Microsoft. You know, somebody says, mm-hmm. "Yeah, we already figured out. We already figured out your algorithms for you know shutting down any inquiries that you you know that you don't like and everything." And you know, and you know, and who knows? I mean, whether any of this stuff is real, you know? Yeah, you know. I mean, you know, there will be a chatbot, chatbot you know, alternative, you know, alternative where you ask the alternative chatbot, write me a hundred messages that'll just piss off, you know, piss off open AIs, you know. Yeah. Well, I think you're still going to have the dark web. I think we're probably going to have the dark web. Oh, yeah. I mean, the dark web, yeah, Yeah. the dark web is probably a hundred, apparently is about a hundred times bigger than the whole web that most people have access to. Is that right? I had no idea. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I've got, you know, cyber, because all drug deals go, yeah. drug deals, all the communication is on the dark web and every other kind of crime you can think of. The communication among criminals is, you know, in the visual re- record of crimes and everything else, that's all goes on the dark web. You know, but yeah. you don't want to go. There. I tell you, nobody wants to go there because then they know who you are. You know. Yeah. Right. It's a oh. Nietzsche line. Nietzsche said, "Be careful when you stare into the abyss, because the abyss may stare back." Oh my goodness! Yeah. That's I. You know, every time I'm observing this stuff now, like I'm in a WhatsApp chat group with. Evan Pagan and some other, you know, people who are really going deep on all this AI stuff and the things that they're producing, you know, are kind of crazy. I mean, just the combination of things like what Mike Koenig's uh, presented. There's another, there's an AI called Eleven Labs, which is like the leader in 
the voice, the voice automation. Yeah. And you can build a custom, you can build a custom voice of yours. So it'll, you know, after some amount of input, it will read text in your tone and inflection and cadence and pace and which, and I mean, the guy that sent over the example, he had it read, he had it read Claude Hopkins scientific advertising in his voice, the entire book. So now he's got an audio book of my life in advertising and thinking or and scientific advertising that sounds exactly like he read it. I mean, and it's not even, I would say like it's 99% undetected AI, you know. Like, well, it was really interesting like when Mike, voice. you know, Mike did the little AI produced video of yeah, Trump yeah. praising me, you know, praising yeah. me. And he found that all the existing imitations weren't very good. And if I, Mike said, I, I don't know it, but I'm really good at mimicking people's speaking style. So in Mike's voice, he just mimicked exactly the cadence and everything that Donald Trump used. And then he said, now make this, take, make my voice sound like it's Donald Trump doing it. And that's why I found that the one he did on at the summit on the screen was incredibly more Trump-like than the ones that we had picked up from you know, you can, you know, their voiceovers yeah. by where someone else imitates. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, and this really brings up just an interesting positive, you know, easy positive future use the, of the, the AI. You know, it wouldn't be necessarily chat GPT, but it, that you put your best writing and you put your best writing in positive things that you want to say to yourself, and then you have the chat GPT. It's like getting your own self yeah. affirmations every day. Right. I did that. I went down that same path. That was the thing I did. I said exactly something similar because I was thinking the same thought as you just said. I asked yeah. that GPT to explain self hypnosis to me, and it yeah. explained the whole thing, and then. I said, so write a step-by-step, you know, instructions for a self-hypnosis session, including the format of some affirmations. So I was using, expanding yeah. on what they said, and it wrote out, like, step one, you know, get a quiet area, step two, blah, 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 go all the way. And then it listed, yeah. like, six affirmations and then how to come out of it and the whole thing. It's just like, so, you know, it's amazing to me. I think back to the big change, you know, the book from 1900 to 1950 that I uh, told you about that. I think the book on 2000 to, you know, (laughs) I mean, well, 1950, yeah, well, 2000 to 2050. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, can't even see like even starting, if you go back to 2000, I would say 2000 is just the beginning of, do you remember like the chat GPT now is about the level of praise and adoption that the internet itself was getting around 2000, right? That everybody was like on the internet. You often see the... Well, and they, you know, the 
I don't know when Google, maybe 20 years ago, did Google emerge? Yeah, I'm not, not sure. Not, well, they started out in 1998. Yeah. But they really started it. That was such a huge jump. You know, their yeah. search engine was such a huge jump. Well, the thing um, that allowed, like, the Netscape browser was a big yeah. leap forward. And then you had Internet Explorer and then Chrome. Uh, the, you know, the Firefox. Firefox. The Firefox, Apple Firefox. Yeah. The ability to actually format the internet that we could make it, you know, you could go there and then the layer, oh, somebody's saying, oh, well, now we need to know what's out there. So Yahoo, I mean, you know, the cuteness of Yahoo thinking that a directory was going to be the right way to go with this and that didn't imagine an infinite future for it. You know, if you think about, they were trying to organize the internet in files and the categories kind of thing index yeah. the internet as opposed to what Google, their big you know insight was the meta tags. So it's contextual that let people search for what they're looking for. And yeah. then you just look yeah. at the, the evolution. Uh, none of what's happening right now, we could have even foreseen or imagined 22 years ago now, 23 yeah. years ago, you know? Yeah, and I can't even yeah. imagine what, now where the what's missing. What is the next twenty five years of this? Like, I think we've really been on this hyper exponential growth of yeah. all of the things. What, what, but I one of the things where, that's really uh, interesting is that there's been very little general productivity gain from the last two decades. Okay, right. and and the reason is because everything quickly goes to commoditization. Right. Uh, the amount of work actually increases enormously. So people say, this will save me time. But what you find is that workloads will increase with the knowledge that employers have that people can do things that used to take a day, they can do them in 15 minutes. So they right. just say, okay, and now, instead of getting one thing done in a two-hour period, I want you to get 30 things done in a two-hour period. So my sense is that the workload won't won't decrease and the productivity won't increase. And I think that, that, you know, if we add a third gravitational body in that, is that all of that is going to confront the realities of the mainland in our ability to consume it all. Yeah. And the biggest thing that in, yeah, Peter Zion had a fantastic paid seminar on Friday afternoon, and he just told all the things that are now going to become incredibly expensive or not available at all simply because of the escalating Ukrainian-Russian war. Okay. Tell me. Yeah. yeah, well, for example, neon, which I didn't realize is one of the single most important inputs for the highest level microchips. Okay. 90% really? of it comes from, 90% of it comes from Russia and the Ukraine. And the 40% that came from Ukraine is offline. The factory was destroyed. Okay. Yeah. And, and he said, you're already seeing the high level. My, I mean, like they're just scrambling, you know, and, 
it's a gas, you know, it's a gas. So, and, and the other thing that, and that favors Canada enormously is that so much of the potash that goes into global fertilizers comes from Russia, potash and the main potash mines. Now, it doesn't mean that you couldn't have mines in other parts of the world, but not before five or 10 years, you know, like it takes, first of all, you got to find the deposit and then you have to, you know, you have to go through all the planning stages and everything else. And all he does go material. He just went material by material. And just like all his other analysis, you know, end up in the last book and the books before that, things are going to be really sweet for the United States. Okay. And because the U.S. has, you know, government not interfering, the U.S. has unlimited energy at extraordinarily low prices. They have the cheapest, most abundant, most available energy resources in the world. There's no country that can match it. And also, the biggest thing that's going to get hit is wheat, because Russia and the Ukraine are two of the biggest wheat exporters in the world. And there won't be any wheat crop coming out of Ukraine this year. And Russia is just doesn't have the labors wheat is a the way the Russians do it, wheat is very labor intensive. I'm not even sure Cyrus has been over there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I mean the US and he said unless you got huge fields, big fields like Kansas and Alberta, you know, Alberta and, you know, Saskatchewan and Manitoba, they just have huge fields. I mean, they don't even count in hectares or acres. They just call sections. A section is a, you know, is a thousand acres. You know, I I got about 30 sections, you know, I got about 30 sections. And they say, but he said, if you don't have that thing at scale, and he says, really, there are many places that can do agriculture on scale, but the U.S. happens to be one of them, but not only at scale, but hyper technology scale, you know. And so, so anyway, it was just really interesting. But it was such a interesting take, just because of this one event in the world, how everything's changing. And the other thing is, right now, virtually anybody who picks up any shipment of anything from Russia can't get maritime insurance. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, this is, it's amazing how these little things, the long ramifications of them, right? I was rewatching the Joe Rogan interview with Peter Zion, and it is, it is fascinating to see just the, you know, little, it's like a giant Jenga puzzle, right? You never know which one oh. piece you pull out is going to topple the whole exactly thing. That's exactly the, well, Peter Zion, he actually uses that model, the Jenga, you know, the Jenga stack, you know? And, yeah. But it was really interesting watching Joe Rogan for the two hours because he had one characteristic of his responses. He would take what Peter said and then he would repeat it back with sort of an incredulous tone. And what Peter would say, China's, yeah. What do you mean China's done? <laughs> yeah, China's going to yeah. collapse in ten, 10 years. You're saying that China <laughs> is going to collapse in 10 years? And Peter says, yeah, without doubt. And then Joe Rogan would say one of two things. He said, holy shit. And or, exactly. or, he'd say, or he'd say, Jesus Christ, you know. 
And all the time you're seeing the subheads of what's going through Joe Rogan's mind and what's going through. He says, next time I ever have this guy on, no drugs for 48 hours. Oh, man, exactly. Right, right. I better be clean and sober. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's so funny. Wow. Yeah, but it is uh, really like I am fascinated by pushing the accelerator pedal on this. And, you know, I think that this is really what the essence of the really interesting thing about a discussion of welcome to Cloudlandia is this. It truly is. I think the, the intersection and the collision of all these Cloudlandia capabilities, you know, multiplying exponentially and the mainland being largely unchanged by, you know, in reality. And well, in, yeah. yeah. And there's one law that overrides everything, and that's the pricing mechanism of the marketplace. One is that you may become incredibly more efficient, but it doesn't mean anything that except if somebody actually wants to buy what you're doing more efficiently. You know, yeah. you, you know, and like I got a letter from someone inviting me to me to speak through Zoom re- recording. In other words, I would just be interviewed and recorded and, you know, gave me the name of the date. And then at the end of it, he said this this letter was composed on chat GPT. OK, and. Oh. And so, and I wrote back to him and I said, yeah, you know, we could talk about this and this, what I, the book is just launching in three months as financial advisors, the conference. And I said, I really will accept and I'll really do it if the focus can be on the new book. And because that's what we're doing now, we're doing a lot of, we're doing a lot of, yeah, I'm taking everything we're doing for the next three to six months because if the book gets into the right hands, people sign up for the program, you know, and, uh-huh. and uh, you know, and uh, and other people can handle it. I mean, Ben's handling, Ben Hardy's handling a lot of it and, uh, uh-huh. and everything like that. Yeah. But it was very interesting. And I could tell because he the person is writing to me. I know him. I mean, he's in free zone and he's got a very personal style when he communicates, but none of him was there. None of it. I mean, I could see it was from, I could see it was from him, but none of him was there. And, you know, but my note back was very personal and, you know, and, you know, had jokes in it. You know, you know, who I was watching about five of Dave Chappelle's 15 to 20 minute routines last night. And I said, you're never going to get chat GPT that can do what Dave Chappelle can do. <laughs> right. That's the truth, isn't it? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't even think he knows what he's going to do. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. I think that's because he'll, he'll that's... just double. I mean, he'll say something, and then he'll just double off, and he'll walk around the stage just laughing himself silly, and then he'll come back and take another puff on his va- vapor. You know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's true. That is so true. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. But he was saying, you know, I just want to tell everybody something about my childhood. You know, he said, you know, all these people out there talking, oh, you know, all the, you know, he doesn't use the word black. He uses a ruder word. And he just says, all these, you know, blacks, you know, they're all telling their hood stories, hood mm-hmm. stories. You know, everybody's talking their hood stories. 
he said, I grew up in Silver Spring, <laughs> you know, which is a government suburb northern, uh-huh. you know, in Maryland, you know, it's you know, it's upscale, so silver, you know, yeah. Silver Springs. And he said, my parents were really, you know, they were, you know, real achieving word that I won't yeah. use. And he said, we were so well off that we were only poor among you white people. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so he said, Any hood stories any hood stories, I tell you, I've just memorized what somebody else said. <laughs> <laughs> I've just memorized someone else's tale. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, that, I, you know, it's an interesting talk about Dave Chappelle. And, I think people and, and, are going to get funnier. I think people are going to get funnier. I, you know, I, one of the counteractions, I think, is that people are going to get... I mean, I think for smart people, I think it drives you towards your unique ability and how you express yourself and how you write. And you rid your presentation from anything that sounds like you picked it up from somewhere else. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, you look at the look at what Dave Chappelle does or any great comedian is they're essentially a processing machine. You know, that's what they've turned their brains into a processing machine that they yeah. take in things and they process it through their filters, you know. The, and yeah, and they, they have tricks. They have yeah. tricks, you know. They have they have riffs where all you do is put a new situation in the riff. And it's guaranteed to be fascinating, and it's guaranteed to be surprising. Yeah, I agree. I think that's and so you're not going to be able to. Um, I, I often catch myself saying things that, you know, I say you're not going to be able to find the one that can do what Dave Chappelle does. But maybe uh, you know, who knows? There, there may be at some point something that fits out through the Dave Chappelle, you know, filter. Yeah, but I would, I will tell you this, the moment it happens, then what he does becomes commodity. Yes, I agree. It is, this is like this endlessly fascinating to me to look at where does it go from here? You know, just pushing the accelerator pedal and seeing. What did we know? What would we do? What would we know would happen before graphic user interface? What would happen before we found out that apps were the, you know, apps were the future before we knew the internet was the future, before we knew a self, you could have a computer in your pocket, you know, a cell phone, you know, and uh, that who buys cameras anymore? I know. Yeah, one of my, that's one of my favorite things to see the Radio Shack ads from the past that show a full page of all the things that they were selling that are now standard issue in your iPhone. You know, yeah, yeah. Peter Diamandis about five years ago said, and he, he, yeah, he, you know, he was for. Eight years, I don't think he mentioned Apple on the stage of, you know, of A360, but he, I think it was when he picked up his iPhone and he talked about it and he said, you know, if you think about the capabilities on this iPhone that we all have and mm-hmm. you go back to when they were just a new invention, a new capability, okay, yeah. 
And he said, probably you have about a minimum of $2 billion worth of technological development at your fingertips. Yeah. God bless America. God bless America. And Canada. Yeah, and and Canada because they're near the United States. <laughs> That's right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. my default, Canada too. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's it so funny. But things are uh, things are noticeably falling apart here. It's now it takes you to it takes you about three months to get your passport your passport renewed. And, and uh, you know, the healthcare, the waiting lines and the healthcare are just phenomenal. <clears throat> and uh, we're now learning, you know, what goes missing when you don't have a prime minister for seven years. Yeah, holy cow. It's hard to believe it's been seven years. Yeah. 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 Who's the new the guy only thing that, that, is, that, is that will be the next? Yeah, I've met him. I spent a breakfast with him. Somebody introduced me to him. I spent two hours. I had a two-hour breakfast with him, you know. And he's the real deal. He's he's really smart, and he's got his, you know. He, I mean, he's French-speaking from Alberta. How good does that get? Yeah. Mm. And 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 he's been an MP for twenty years. He's forty-four, and he's been a member of parliament for. 20 years. He was elected when he was 24. And he's been a cabinet minister under Harper. And But he really knows the unique issues, the unique issues of Canada. I really got the feel from him. Yeah. And he said, the only thing that keeps me, this is four years ago, I think four or five years ago, I had breakfast with him. And he said, the only thing that keeps me right now, he said, you know, I've got a really young family, like three kids. And he said, boy, he said, the pressure even now, just being a MP, he says, is a lot of pressure. So he says, boy, he said, I'm really going to have to, you know, rearrange things of how you handle your family. You know, you don't undermine your family thing if you're going to, first of all, become leader, which he is, and then become the prime minister. But I think, and I think, and I think that Trudeau will resign rather than run against him because he mm-hmm. just goes in Parliament. He just goes for Trudeau's juggler and juggler, and Trudeau just in no way has ever experienced this. He's just never. Right. He's been a very pampered, privileged, protected individual his whole life, and he's just never yeah. had someone who just. And you don't do that in Canadian politics, you know. You just don't go for. At least not openly, you don't. You, you, not, oh, you, can right, knife, right, right. you can knife anybody in the back you want, but they're not, you know, you, you would never insult them to their face. You just, oh, boy. You know. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it's it's an interesting, and, you know, you, you really see the differences in different political cultures. I mean, it's more and more drastic here because provinces just do not have power in relationship to the federal government that the states have. I mean, you're in Florida right now. I mean, Uh there's nothing that Washington can do to prevent DeSantis from doing what he's doing. Well, DeSantis is really laying his freedom platform. That's his, the one word, the one word 
that he's running. I saw a billboard that was in one of his campaign slogans is make America Florida. I do it just for the climate. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's kind of like the Newfoundlanders <laughs> voting for secession so that it'd be closer to Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I Let's mean, make America uh, Florida. I mean, I don't know how many bumpers, my bumper stickers I've seen since I've been in Toronto, that my Canada includes Florida, my Canada includes Palm Springs, my Canada oh, yeah. includes Maui. <laughs> that is funny, though. It is very interesting to see how, I think, Florida, if not top state, has really taken the, it is taking hold as the top state. Florida and Texas, you know, Florida and yeah, Texas, because... Yeah. Texas yeah. is the economic powerhouse. You know, I mean, the economy of Texas is 50% larger than the economy of Canada. You know, oh, wow. So it's, you know, it's 30 million. You know, it's got 30 million, mm-hmm. 30 million people. And yeah, it's those two states are really the huge growth states. You yeah. Know? And, but Florida is the state that connects to Central and South America. Texas really can you know, really connects to Mexico. And neither of them, except for tourism, connects to Canada. Yeah. Anyway. Always fun, Dan. I think think we've taken a jump with this new tool out there. Yeah, I think so. Just in terms of front row seats, you know. Great talking material. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Dean, next week we're in the air coming back from Genius. So it'll be two weeks. Perfect. I'll be here. Okay. Great. Bye. Bye. 